0: What does it mean to connect to your future at Lake Michigan College? They connect you to your future passion. Explore paths to careers that will excite and motivate you. Visit lakemichigancollege.edu to find out how to connect to your future. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg. The Iowa caucuses are tonight. Republicans there are heading to one of more than 1,600 gathering spots across the state to cast their ballot and see who wins. Former Congressman for Southwest Michigan Fred Upton says former President Trump is likely to garner at least half of the vote. He's going to be very close to 50 percent. That's sort of a threshold. But really, the, the story to be told tonight is who does finish second? Upton says that second place finish in Iowa is incredibly important for both Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis. He adds that for DeSantis, he's likely to finish second to Haley, and time is running out to change that. DeSantis is faced with a third place uh, tonight, a third or third place uh, probably in New Hampshire, and a third place in South Carolina, so it looks like he's headed towards the bench. Voting for Iowans starts at 8 p.m. Eastern and should take about an hour. Results expected later this evening. The Spirit of MLK Spotlight Awards were presented this morning as part of the MLK Celebration Week hosted by Lake Michigan College. Recognized for their work to elevate the community through their efforts and activities are Berrien County Commissioner Shokwe Pitchford, Niles High School student Ethan Reed Shambliss, and the organization Neighbors Organizing Against Racism, or NOR. LMC's Dean of Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion, Cam Hearth, said the recognition shines a light on an individual, a student, and an organization that embody Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s spirit through their direct action throughout the community. Harth says the breakfast and the recognition is just the beginning of a week's worth of community involvement. So the community will have the opportunity not only to celebrate the breakfast and those individuals who are working and serving in the community, but also to to spend time with those organizations that are there as resources that many folks may not be aware of so we want to elevate as many as possible as they say a rising tide lifts all boats for the description of why each award winner was recognized you can see it on our website at wsjm.com that's also where you can find the full schedule of events lmc's mlk celebration week continues through saturday van buren county sheriff dan abbott is advising people to be wary of crypto scams He says the Van Buren County Sheriff's Department has had reports of victims losing as much as $100,000. The scammers will send unsolicited emails that appear to be from legitimate companies claiming the recipient has subscribed or renewed an account. For example, an email might read, You have successfully renewed your McAfee antivirus software subscription for $600. If this was not you, please call this number to cancel. If the victim calls... Then they're dragged into a conversation with someone who sounds professional and attempts to get the caller to put money into a cryptocurrency ATM. After that, the scam just continues with the scammers trying to get more and more money. Sheriff's deputies have spoken with several banks regarding the scams and note if you're ever contacted that you are not speaking to your bank, you are probably speaking to a scammer. You should go to an actual branch and speak in person if you have questions. Southwest Michigan's Manufacturing Growth Alliance is asking area manufacturers to take a closer look at a non-traditional talent pipeline, the correctional system. In mid-February, the MGA is guiding a tour of the Richard A. Hanlon Correctional Facility's vocational village to see what they call a first-of-its-kind skilled trades training program. Elizabeth Bernard is executive director of the MGA and said this event is the first of many to engage with this potential labor pipeline. And they have amazing Uh, labs where they train their um, their participants in CNC, robotics, and welding. And so we'll be taking a tour of their labs so that our employers in the area can consider this talent pipeline. Bernard says incarcerated individuals receive full days of training and classroom instruction intended to mimic a typical workday. And on completion, they receive state and nationally recognized certificates in their chosen trade. From there, the focus is on helping released individuals regain their footing in a stable workplace. When an individual leaves prison as a parolee, they get enrolled to work with our Offender Success Program. And so what that means is they're there to help with barrier remediation, to help with uh, getting into employment, but also more importantly, staying in employment with that barrier remediation piece. The tour and information session is set for Tuesday, February 13th. The MGA is inviting local manufacturers to sign up now and see firsthand the labs and training programs where this highly skilled talent pipeline can help close labor gaps in the local economy. We have a link to where local manufacturers can go to register at our website, wsjm.com. Set for February 7 and 8 is the 2024 Southwest Michigan Horticultural Days at Lake Michigan College's Mendel Center. Horticulture Days is hosted by the Michigan Grape Society and the Michigan State University Extension and gives farmers a chance to spend a couple of days learning about the latest innovations in their industry and best practices. Michigan Grape Society says Horticulture Days will be two days of educational sessions covering topics like farm sustainability, soil management, pest and disease management, farm insurance needs, and annual crop rotation options. New this year is the Vegetable Session expanding to a full day on Wednesday the 7th, with topics including squash viruses, culture, onion management for bugs and disease, irrigation monitoring information, and more. Tickets to Horticulture Days run between $45 and $60 and can be bought online. We have a link at our website, wsjm.com. Anyone with questions should contact MSU Extension in Berrien County. Congressman Bill Heisinga is seeking a break for farmers who say they can't afford rising costs caused by federal labor rules. Heisinga and 74 members of the U.S. House of Representatives have signed a letter to the House and Senate Appropriations Committees asking for an H-2A visa guest worker wage freeze in an upcoming spending package. Heisinga tells us the adverse effects wage rate, or the required wages that farm employers must pay H-2A workers, has more than doubled since 2005, making agricultural labor and its products more unaffordable. What happens is the Department of Labor goes in and sets minimum payments for farm workers and especially for migrant workers coming in as temporary and legal work visa holders. And what they've been doing is they've been outpacing inflation here. And there's some significant increases that are coming to family farms. And what we're hearing from farmers is they simply are not going to be able to afford it. Heisinga says with the nation's average adverse effect wage rate reaching $17.55 an hour in 2024 and other increased costs, including fuel and fertilizer, many farms are in danger of going out of business. In Michigan, the wage rate will be set at $18.50 per hour, while farmers in Canada pay their agricultural workers closer to $11 per hour. Heisinger says most of Michigan's congressional delegation, both Republicans and Democrats, have signed the letter. He adds he hears from farmers right here in southwest Michigan who are concerned about the next migrant worker wage hike. The Detroit Lions get to host another playoff game at Ford Field this Sunday. Claude Molinari, president and CEO of Visit Detroit, said yesterday's game had a huge economic impact on the area, amounting to about $20 million. For example, to bars, restaurants and hotels, they made money. And Molinari says a game of this magnitude also helps the workers because an estimated 500 or more people will be working at Ford Field alone. That's just one opportunity for Detroiters and Southeast Michiganders to go to work. And, then you're, and you're talking about skilled jobs like stagehands, electricians, teamsters, who are going to be working with the television production, but also vendors and, and uh, Uber drivers and, and all kinds of other ancillary benefits that just come from hosting these games. Molinari says from a notoriety standpoint, this is another opportunity for 50 to 60 million people to see the city of Detroit while watching the game on television. And in case you haven't looked outside recently, we finally have a lot of natural snow. It's throughout Michigan, which meets for more opportunities to ski. Michigan News Network's Beth Fisher reports there's a great opportunity for beginners. This is Learn to Ski Month in Michigan, and if you're a beginner, you can take a lesson for just $60. The executive director of the Michigan Snow Sports Industries Association, Mickey McWilliams, says that lesson could be for skiing, snowboarding, or cross-country skiing. She says skiing is a big deal in Michigan. We have usually between 2 and 2.4 million skier visits a year to our state. Michigan uh, is, I say, tied with New York for the most ski areas of any state. And, and, you know, you don't think of it that way, but, and no matter where you are in our state, you're within a two to two and a half hour drive of a ski area. You can get more information about the free lessons sponsored by McDonald's and other programs at GoSkiMichigan.com. Beth Fisher, Michigan News Network. In the WSJM Newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg, National News, coming up next. President Joe Biden participated in a service project for the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. ABC News White House correspondent Karen Travers has the details. President Biden walked into the Philabundance Food Bank in Philadelphia and asked with a smile, where do you want me? The president picked up a bag of apples and started to help pack produce as part of a Martin Luther King Jr. Day of Service stop. Mr. Biden chatted up the volunteers, mostly young people, while they packed boxes with carrots, granola bars, apples, cooking oil, and other products. The president was joined at the event by the new mayor of Philadelphia, Sherelle Parker. It's his third stop in the southeastern part of Pennsylvania in 2024, showing how critical the state will be on Election Day in November. Karen Travers, ABC News, Washington. Outside Buffalo, New York, fans are already gathered at Highmark Stadium in Orchard Park for today's rescheduled Bills-Steelers wildcard matchup after a crew of volunteer fans worked overnight to help clear the streets and stadium to welcome the fans inside. ABC's Michael Schwartz is outside the stadium with more. They've been here since last night through the early hours of the morning, digging snow. I spoke to one man who was uh, having fun during his time. He took off his shirt while he was uh, shoveling snow. And now they're doing what Bill's Mafia does best. Spoke to a lot of different fans that said, we knew we were going to play today. This is just what Bill's Mafia does. That was ABC's Michael Schwartz. Vice President Kamala Harris traveled to Columbia, South Carolina today to deliver remarks celebrating Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. at the South Carolina NAACP's annual King Day at the Dome event. Harris using her speech to not only reflect on the country's past and the work of Dr. King, but also on the dangers the country still faces moving forward, calling on the crowd to continue King's work in 2024. We gather this afternoon to honor his legacy. And I therefore pose a question that I do believe Dr. King would ask today, in 2024, where exactly is America in our fight for freedom? Vice President Kamala Harris. Today is also the Iowa caucuses where voters will pick the candidate they want to see as the Republican presidential nominee. ABC's Mary Alice Parks is at one location in Iowa where people will gather, and she says the process there is different from a standard primary. People are going to gather in person. That's one of the biggest differences. Everyone has to show up at exactly 7 o'clock sharp. Unlike a regular primary where you can vote any time that works for you during the day, this is a meeting, an in-person and public meeting. So not only do you have to be here right when the door is open at 7, but you have to sit and talk to your neighbors. You have to have your face seen. Everyone gathered together seeing who is willing to come out to support the Republican Party and get ready for picking the Republican Party nominee. The Iowa caucuses start at 8 o'clock this evening, 8 o'clock Eastern time, that is. Sunday marked 100 days since the Israel-Hamas war broke out. It began with a cruel and ghastly surprise attack by the terror group on southern Israel. Over 1,200 Israelis were murdered, 240 others were kidnapped, and whole sections of towns burned down. Women were raped, kids were shot dead in front of their parents, parents were dragged off in front of their children. It was the most heinous crime against Jews in one single day since the Holocaust. Israel embarked on a war to take Hamas out of the Gaza Strip to destroy its military capabilities and return the hostages. 100 days later, those goals have only been partially met. Over 100 hostages were freed, and Israel is in control of Gaza's north. But the cost on ordinary Gazans has been tremendous. 24,000 dead, 1.7 million Gazans displaced and far too little aid arriving each day. Now it appears the Gaza war is fueling attacks inside Israel from the West Bank, what many expected. ABC's Jordana Miller reports from Jerusalem. Israeli police say two Palestinian attackers stole three cars, ramming them into Israeli pedestrians at several locations in the central city of Renana. An Israeli woman in her 70s killed and 17 others injured, including a seriously wounded teenager. Police arresting the Palestinian attackers, who they say are cousins from Hebron. The deadly attack comes as Israeli security officials recently warned the Gaza war could provoke terror attacks from the West Bank. Jordana Miller, ABC News, Jerusalem. And in the WSJM newsroom, I'm Ken Lundberg.